The Carolinas got a lot of rain. Half a million people in the Carolinas are totally without power. Uh, but enough about disenfranchising voters. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right, don't it? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's one reason. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. On the central coast of Oregon, on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, and Eugene, Oregon's KEPW. Out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York, on WLPP, Grand Rapids, uh, WPRR in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF, and occasionally down in Houston, I believe, on KPFT. Glad to have you with us. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the Internet. It's on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, amongst other fine affiliates across this great land of ours. I'm Brad Friedman, with you five days a week on the broadcast, coast-to-coast and around the globe. Thank you very much for joining us. I am, of course... Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. There is so much news going on today, over the weekend. Uh, I'm going to try to fit in basically a month's worth of news that happened over the past two days here in one hour on the broadcast, wish me luck. And I'm going to take your calls at 818-985-5735. And just before we, by the way, uh, from, you know, between my house and the uh, studio today here, it looks like more breaking news. Donald Trump is dismissing the idea of allowing Bahamians to seek temporary refuge in the U.S. after Hurricane Dorian. Despite the fact that uh, tens of thousands are without water and power or homes, they can't come here. Also, by the way, Sarah Palin's husband files for divorce to end 31 years of marriage, Desi Doyen, citing incompatibility of temperament. Well, gosh, what a shock. Wonder whose uh, temperament was not compatible with the other one. Anyway, uh, that's just happening on the way over here. But let's start with some good news today, since everything else may devolve f- from you know thereafter. Uh, though you may be able to make it a little bit brighter if you do want to call me today at 818-985-5735. If you're lucky enough to be listening in our live listening area in Southern California or elsewhere via the internet stream at KPF. 
kfk.org. The ACLU tweeted out on Monday morning, victory, a federal court just reinstated a full block on the Trump administration's asylum ban. This ban, they tweeted, categorically denied asylum to anyone at the southern border who had transited through a third country en route to the U.S. with very limited uh, exceptions. As Politico reports later today, a San Francisco-based judge on Monday restored a nationwide injunction against Donald Trump's move to ban asylum seekers who pass through another country en route to the U.S. U.S. District Judge John Tegar, uh, I think that's how you say his name, issued the order after considering new evidence presented in an ongoing lawsuit of the so-called third country asylum ban, making uh, asylum seekers ineligible for refugee status unless they applied for and were denied asylum in Mexico or another country that they passed en route to the U.S. The decision to block that policy nationwide is now the second time that decision has been made. It comes after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in August had narrowed an earlier injunction by the same judge. The Ninth Circuit's decision kept the policy blocked in California and Arizona, but allowed it to be implemented in other states like Texas and New Mexico. The measure effectively cut off asylum protections from Central American migrants who travel to the U.S.-Mexico border from their home country. The courthouse news service reports that the judge said a nationwide injunction should be restored to maintain uniform immigration policy and prevent uneven enforcement of immigration law. That sounds reasonable. He said it remains unclear how the Trump administration's uh, guidance documents on the rule will affect asylum applicants who are moving between circuits. For example, if an applicant crosses the border outside of the Ninth Circuit and is ordered to be deported, the judge said, well, what would happen if that person's case was sent to the Ninth Circuit where this uh, policy has an injunction? The judge wrote, if that individual's removal proceedings were later moved to the Ninth Circuit, it's unclear whether the immigration judge would be bound by the original denial of credible fear or, since the rule is enjoined within the Ninth Circuit, uh, would that person be able to allow the individual to apply for asylum? So uh, this judge, Judge Tegar, an appointee of former President Barack Obama, had previously ruled to block the ban temporarily in July— After he had found the regulation was likely invalid because it conflicted with federal asylum laws, he had also blocked an earlier Trump asylum ban that barred asylum seekers who crossed the border between ports of entry. That was also blocked by this judge, thankfully. In both cases, the court found that the Trump administration policy had conflicted with, you know, stuff like federal law and, you know, international law, treaties, and so forth that we are required to follow. An attorney for the ACLU, Lee Gallant, uh, hailed today's decision, saying in a statement that the court recognized, quote, there is a grave danger facing asylum seekers along the entire stretch of the southern border. 
beyond that, man, I swear, a weekend's worth of news uh, during the Trump administration is the equivalent to a month's worth of news uh, in a really bad month for any other presidential administration. So you will pardon me as I try to get us all caught up today with just a few of the most newsworthy items, at least as I see it, things that you need to know about. And that is a lot Frankly, uh, just in case you were out, you know, enjoying your life over the weekend instead. I'm here to ruin it all for you today. You're welcome. Uh, But let's uh, start gently here because this this one isn't all terrible. And I suspect we'll get into much more detail on all of these stories in the days ahead on the broadcast. Uh, Mark Sanford. The former Southern, Calif- uh, Southern Carolina governor and former congressman joined the Republican race against Donald Trump on Sunday, aiming to put his Appalachian Trail travails behind him for good as he pursues an admittedly remote path to the presidency, according to AP. He said on Fox News Sunday, I am here to tell you I am uh, that I am going to get in. He said, quote, this is the beginning of a long walk. Really? Really, Mark? Is that how is that what he had to say? Well, obviously it is. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the best way to launch a campaign to put a scandal behind him. That included an affair that he was having while married, which uh, he, he then disappeared for a week during his tenure as governor. And his aides said he was out hiking the Appalachian Trail when, in fact, he was actually down in South America with his Argentinian girlfriend. But, you know. Uh, At least once he was caught, he admitted the truth instead of launching a federal felony conspiracy to pay her hush money in violation of federal law, like some Republican presidents I know. But I'm getting ahead of myself. When asked why he was taking on an incumbent who's popular within the party, Sanford acknowledged his slim chances. But he said, uh, quote, I think we need to have a conversation on what it means to be a Republican. I think that as the Republican Party, we have lost our way. Well, boy, howdy, does he have that one right, at least. Sanford joins uh, Joe Walsh, the former Tea Party-backed one-term congressman from Illinois, and Governor Bill, former Governor Bill Weld, the former Republican governor of Massachusetts, as primary challengers to Donald Trump. So now he has garnered three, uh, frankly, substantive uh, primary challengers in all three of these men. The 59-year-old Sanford has long been an outspoken critic of Trump. He frequently questioned his motivations and qualifications during the run-up to the 2016 election. He called Trump's candidacy, quote, a particularly tough pill to swallow. Nonetheless, he said he would support Trump in the 2016 election as he has as uh, Sanford sought reelection thereafter to his House post representing South Carolina's first district in 2018. He got a primary challenger for that, one who uh, embraced Trump. The uh, president took some interest in the race, and state rep Katie Arrington repeatedly aired ads that featured Sanford's on-air critiques of Trump and attached the Never Trump label to him. That condemnation in a state that Trump carried by double digits in 2016. Well, with some help from Trump, Arrington defeated then-Congressman Sanford in the GOP primary last year, but went on then to lose to a Democrat in the general election last November in South Carolina. 
thus helping to flip a reliably red U.S. House seat over to blue. And for that, we can thank the president of the United States. Good work, Mr. Trump. Days after what was his first ever political loss, Sanford described Trumpism as a, quote, cancerous growth, warning the GOP that the cancer is spreading. Sanford won three terms for the U.S. House in the 90s, then two four-year terms as governor uh, before the affair marred the end of his second term. He then returned to politics a couple of years later, won uh, that special election to his old U.S. House seat in 2013, which he hung on to for two more elections until Trump helped flip it to the Democrats. Again, thank you, Mr. Trump. Sanford, uh, however, will not be able to compete in his own state, his own home state of uh, of, uh, South Carolina, because on Saturday, along with Nevada and Kansas, South Carolina announced, as we told you was likely to happen on Friday's broadcast, that It will not hold presidential nomination uh, races, neither primaries nor caucuses on the Republican side in 2020, erecting still more hurdles for the uh, long shot candidates who are challenging Donald Trump as Team Trump has solidified its full takeover now of both the National Republican Party and the various state GOP organizations as well. They are all working for Trump, full stop, end of story. And um, they will happily cancel primaries and caucuses in states like South Carolina and Nevada and Kansas and Arizona, I think, which is set also to do the same. Because, you know, it'd be kind of embarrassing if the president of the United States lost to a Republican challenger in one or more of those states, especially a thin-skinned Republican challenger like Donald J. Trump. Uh, You know, if voters in those states were actually allowed to vote in a Republican primary. I should also note here uh, that with the cancellation of the South Carolina GOP caucus, that state has open caucuses which means that without Republicans uh, to vote for or against in the South Carolina primary, you could see a whole bunch of GOPers now participating in the Democratic caucuses there. Those happen on the last weekend of February next year with Super Tuesday then, uh, including here in California and in Texas and about 10 other states, all occurring just three days later on March 3rd after the Southern, uh, I keep saying that, after the South Carolina uh, caucuses. Well, now just caucus on uh, on the Democratic side at the end of February, which could now have a whole bunch of Republicans participating in it. But, you know, uh, hey, Republicans in, in South Carolina, a little message to you. I hear on Fox News all the time. The Donald Trump is uh, most terrified of Joe Biden winning the Democratic nomination. So just to be safe, if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you better make sure that, you know, someone like, say, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, that they win in South Carolina if you participate in the caucuses, because I hear they'll be really easy to beat. I hear all the time on Fox News how crazy they are, how out of touch they are with the American people. So, you know, if you help make uh, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren uh, the Democratic presidential nominee, 
they won't stand a chance against Donald Trump. Yes, Des, you're looking at me with <laughs> Well, a, no, I'd, I was just going to say, but I also yes. would like South Carolina Republicans to go yell at the Republican Party in South Carolina to say, hey, what are you doing? blocking me from being able to make a choice in one of the most consequential presidential races of yep. our lifetimes. Yeah. If not the most. Yeah. You I think, mean, do you think I, they'll do that in South Carolina? No, I don't think they will. No, I don't think so either. All right. Uh, moving uh, slightly up the eastern seaboard to uh, Hurricane Dorian battered North Carolina just next door. It looks like the election day uh, on Tuesday is proceeding as planned as voters head to the polls on Tuesday in two U.S. House special elections to fill two long-running vacant seats in the wildly gerrymandered battleground state of North Carolina. One seat in the state's third congressional district, which runs along the Dorian-battered coastline of the state, is to fill the seat occupied for many years, by the late GOP Congressman Walter Jones, he passed away earlier this year. That seat is believed likely to remain in Republican hands, but we will see anything can now happen in South Carolina or anywhere else. If people bother to, you know, just get out and vote, and then we all fight like hell to make sure the votes are counted accurately, which is really hard in South Carolina, where they have... Uh, 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems across much of the state. Uh, oh, that's South Carolina. North Carolina is actually split. Uh, about half of the state votes on hand-marked paper ballots. The other half votes on unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. Uh, but the other race uh, that is getting a lot more eyeballs today is the ninth District race. That appears to be, we'll call it more of a toss-up at this hour. That election is between former Harvard-educated Democratic Marine vet Dan McCready and hard-right Republican State Senator Dan Bishop, the one who wrote North Carolina's controversial anti-LGBTQ bill, the so-called bathroom bill law that overturned equal rights uh, protections for LGBTQ folks and ended up costing the state of North Carolina millions, if not billions, of dollars. So this election in the 9th District, that's the 2018 do-over election, following the Republican attempt to steal the race last November via a massive GOP absentee ballot election fraud scheme that resulted in the State Board of Elections refusing to certify any winner, uh, including the Republican preacher candidate Mark Harris, who had a very narrow reported victory of about just 900 votes thanks to an unlawful absentee ballot scheme which included a GOP contractor hired by Harris collecting uh, mail-in ballots, changing them in some instances without the voters' knowledge, failing to submit them at all in some cases. Some seven North Carolinians are, are currently indicted in that scandal. So Tuesday's election in the 9th District is the do-over to fill that seat that has been vacant since the beginning of the year. And there was some question about whether it would have to be postponed due to Hurricane Dorian. It looks like it is on. We have been in close touch with North Carolina's Bill Busa, campaign uh, consultant there who joined us on the show last week uh, to talk about a number of related matters. His consulting and data firm EQV Analytics reports that even with the added early voting days over the weekend, they were added because there was uh, cancellations of early voting earlier in the week due to the hurricane. Um, with all of that said, Democrats have still maintained a larger share 
of the earlier votes than Republicans do and a larger share of the early votes than they did in 2018 in that blue wave election when they outvoted Republicans in early voting. Uh, and then when Democrats, uh, the, the Democratic candidate McCready is said to have lost by just 900 votes with the help of that GOP absentee ballot fraud scandal. So uh, if Republicans are to be successful this time, presuming they don't find a different way to steal this election on Tuesday, they will have to come out in some pretty big numbers on Election Day to overcome early voting Uh, That gap uh, by Democrats that is even larger as a share of the vote than it was during last November's blue wave election. So we will see. According to the uh, New York Times today, the odd year election in the 9th Congressional District, which stretches from the suburbs of Charlotte to rural and exurban areas farther east, is in many ways, the first test of the political terrain as we head into 2020 and the two parties dueling strategies for winning over voters. This gives us an idea of how they plan to run next year. President Trump plans, uh, in fact, has been called in to rally voters in Fayetteville on Monday, while Vice President Mike Pence is appearing on the other side of the district in Wingate. New York Times says this is a one-two punch that observers say reflects Republicans' deep concerns about losing this race in a very Republican, uh, otherwise very Republican uh, district. This section of the state has been a GOP stronghold now going back decades. A Democrat has not represented the district since the early 1960s, and Donald Trump won it in 2016 by 12 points. And yet in this district... With the cheating by the GOP contractors in 2018, they were only able to win it, quote unquote, win it by 900 votes. And then they never got to actually take the seat because the race was never certified because of the scandal. So Republicans have seen their grip on areas like this loosen. The Trump, uh, the uh, Times reports, as uh, Trump's brand of divisive politics has turned off independent and suburban voters, especially women and those with college educations. Those people that know things tend to vote against Donald Trump. Michael Blitzer, a uh, a political science professor at uh, Catawba College in North Carolina, said in a normal political uh, climate, not a whole lot of attention would be paid to this district. But sending both Trump and Pence to the opposite ends of the district, to me at least, he said, sends a signal that Republicans need to rally as much support as they can for Dan Bishop in the last hours. Bishop has tied his hopes and his political identity to Trump, warned that a vote for his opponent would empower radical Democrats in Washington. His campaign has been running an ad featuring circus music and bobbling clowns wearing the faces of Dan McCready, who is a very centrist Democrat, by the way, and uh, prominent progressives like Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Elon Omar. Uh, they're all in this thing with these in this crazy circus with this crazy circus music. Uh, with the ad calling them all, quote, crazy liberal clowns who are downright scary. Just to give you an idea what we are going to be looking at next year in the 2020 elections across the entire nation. 
Dan Bishop said of Dan McCready, he's enabled by the far left. We will see if that works, because frankly, that's about all they got left at this point. McCready, for his part, has spent much of the... Um, Campaign talking about more substantive stuff like health care, rerunning Democrats' uh, successful 2018 playbook, largely ignoring Donald Trump for some reason and focusing on pocketbook issues rather than partisanship. His campaign has said it's knocked on 100,000 100, doors twice over the weekend. Uh, it is uh, part of an elaborate effort powered by uh, data tools to support turn out his support. As they say, it all comes down to turnout on Tuesday. Well, of course, all elections come down to turnout. Uh, but in that, in fact, here, it, there's a sizable African-American population, a smaller but substantial number of Native Americans that they are trying to turn out as the uh, and to help change the face of the district's electorate. National Democrats have stayed largely out of this race, or at least quiet about their support for McCready. Uh, I guess they were uh, worried that this was going to draw the attention of Republicans nationally, but they did dump a big chunk of money into uh, advertising uh, at the last phase of this race, including a TV spot that portrays a mask-wearing Dan Bishop as a, quote, hero for the drug companies, spotlighting Bishop's record in the state legislature where he opposed expanding Medicaid. He was against that. And he was the sole vote, the only vote against a measure that would allow a pharmacist to inform people of lower priced alternatives for their prescription drugs. OK, so uh, buckle up for that one. We will have whatever the results turn out to be uh, on Wednesday's broadcast as uh, some voters uh, largely in the more Republican areas, as I understand it, will be voting on hand marked paper ballots. That's good. And they'll be voting on 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems in some of the more Democratic-leaning counties of the 9th District. Uh, not unlike the 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that are being planned for all of Los Angeles County, my own home county, in next year's 2020 presidential elections, which I repeat over and over again, is insane. Uh, these uh, systems are also being supported by Democrats in places like Pennsylvania. In Georgia, it's the Republicans who are pushing through these 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems for the 2020 elections. And we see them coming in Texas and New Jersey. Uh, a lot of important states uh, just to, I guess, make sure it's even more difficult for voters to oversee the results of their own elections and know who actually won or lost. But I'm, again, getting ahead of myself for the moment. Uh, did I mention our phone numbers? 818-985-5735 if you'd like to ring in on any of this stuff today or anything else. I'm happy to hear from you. Uh, on all of these things. For example, there is, after a week of devastation from Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas and parts of the U.S., uh, that story over the weekend that, and over the past week, frankly, that Trump had his head of the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, put out a statement that undermined the actual career scientists at the Na National Weather Service uh, by uh, pretending in an unattributed public statement that, yes, Alabama was under threat from Hurricane Dorian because Trump said so, even though it was not and never was. 
So they're actually Donald Trump is actually lying about the weather and now having his uh, his political appointees, yeah. at the head of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, yeah. NOAA, actually come out. And, and, and that's what's so remarkable about this is that the political appointees were siding with Trump's inaccurate false information. And as we've covered before, putting out a false weather report or a doctored weather report is actually a violation of federal law. Oh, yeah, there's that. Because life and limb are at stake. Yeah. These are very dangerous things for the Trump administration to be doing. And also worse now, uh, the New York Times reports that Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, because yeah. remember NOAA and the National Weather Service are in the Commerce Department for okay. some reason. That's where they started. So right. that's where they are. He's their big boss. And apparently he put out a threat to top appointees at NOAA that they better back up the president or they will be fired. Now, wow. David Titley, wow. who was uh, one of the former Fi- chiefs. He's going to fire people. If they tell the truth about the weather, and that goes back to the Birmingham, Alabama National Weather Service, who had to put out a statement. They were buried with calls after Donald Trump went out and said that Alabama is going to be hit harder than expected. It freaked people out in Alabama because by then the hurricane wasn't coming anywhere near Alabama. They knew that. And so the Birmingham uh, National Weather Service puts out a tweet saying... Alabama is not in the path of the hurricane. We repeat, it is too far east. It is not in the path. And for that, now they were threatening to fire that person, I guess, who put out that statement contradicting the president to try to calm people down from freaking out in Alabama about a hurricane. Yes. That's essentially what has happened. And this is this is extremely right. serious. It is extremely serious for the for the politicization yeah. of weather reports because people can die. This is important to get accurate information to the public so that they can take care of themselves and they can know what's coming. So this is a serious thing. And hopefully they will. Uh, the, there is going to be an investigation now uh, by one of the chief scientists at NOAA. Yeah, well, and uh, hopefully investigations by Congress. But uh, I'm hoping to get to that after I take a quick break. Let me get to one more story here before we take a quick break and we'll come back with some of your calls. Uh, over the weekend, Trump announced that a secret meeting, he says he had planned for representatives from the Taliban that were supposed to take place at Camp David this week. The, this week, by the way, is the 18th anniversary of 9-11 and Donald Trump was going to meet with the Taliban at Camp David that that was being called off. Today, he says that that plan is now dead, according to AP at this hour. Trump's remarks to uh, reporters at the White House suggested he has uh, he sees no point in resuming a nearly year-long effort to reach a political settlement with the Taliban, according to AP. Uh, the Taliban, of course, uh, protected al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, uh, and that was the basis for the U.S. invasion in Afghanistan after the 9-11 attacks in uh, what is now the longest U.S. war by far, now in its uh, 18th year, I think, with troops, by the way, soon set to serve there in Afghanistan who were not even born on 9-11. Asked about those peace talks, Trump said, quote, they're dead. As far as I'm concerned, they're dead. It's unclear whether Trump will go ahead with planned U.S. troop cuts and how the collapse of his talks will play out uh, in a still deeply divided Afghanistan. In his remarks to reporters on Monday, Trump said that his administration is, quote, looking at 
Whether to proceed with troop reduction, that had been uh, one element of the preliminary deal with the Taliban. He said, we're looking at that. Of course, that means that he has no clue what uh, they will or won't be doing there, or even how he feels about it when he says, yeah, we're looking at that. We're looking at a lot of things. So he has no clue, at least until he gets his marching orders on this uh, matter from uh, his national security advisors, Sean Hannity and the uh, folks on the couch on uh, Fox and Friends. But what had seemed like a potential deal now with uh, the Taliban to end America's longest war, that has all unraveled. Uh, Trump and the Taliban, of course, are blaming each other. (laughs) The insurgents are now promising more bloodshed. I should be clear that the insurgents in this case are the Taliban and uh, American advocates of uh, withdrawing from the uh, battlefield questioned on Monday whether Trump's decision to cancel what he called plans for that secret meeting with Taliban and Afghan leaders at Camp David, Maryland, um, had now poisoned the prospect for peace at all, ever. It's unclear if the talks will resume. The Taliban will not uh, trust future deals, it is feared that they might negotiate with the U.S. because they may think that Trump might then change course again. According to a former senior Afghan official, that official said the Afghan negotiating team was not aware of Trump's plans to tweet the end of the talks on Saturday evening. His Trump's suspension of the negotiations, uh, quote, will harm America more than anyone else, says the Taliban in their statement in response. At the White House today, Trump added, without explanation, quote, over the last four days, we have been hitting our enemy harder than at any time in the last 10 years. AP notes, however, there is no evidence whatsoever of a major U.S. military escalation as Trump's campaign promised to remove the 14,000 or so U.S. troops that still remain in Afghanistan remains like much else that he has promised still completely unfulfilled. But (laughs) uh, what there is evidence for more and more each day and each hour is the criminal impeachable behavior of this dangerous, bumbling, unfit president. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back with some of your calls Uh, On that, if you'd like to talk about it at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK on, uh, well, any of this and some of the news I hope to get to on the House Democrats plan now to vote this week, finally, to move toward impeachment, sort of. Supposedly, seemingly, uh, and uh, and just some of the top 10 reasons why they may want to do that and why it's long overdue. That's next on the broadcast with all kinds of other stuff, unless you'd like to derail my plans, which I welcome. My phone number is 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. 
You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Well, they certainly are, but we're fighting to keep them on as best we can. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Let me take a couple of your quick calls here before I move on to impeachment-related matters. 818-985-5735 is our phone number if you'd like to jump in on whatever's on your mind. Margo in Montebello, welcome to the Bradcast, Margo. Thank you so much. I have it written down now. This is important for everybody all over, but right now I'm focusing on L.A. County. We must stop the imposition of the highly expensive, super unverifiable voting systems mm-hmm. because us voters don't want this happening. So everybody, please, start now to call and or visit and or write to your supervisors, to your California mm-hmm. state representatives, and to the U.S. representatives, and the senators, and we've really got to unblock that HR one, make them get Moscow, whatever his name is, out of the way. <laughs> Moscow Mitch. Well, let me yeah. actually. So let me just get. Let me just fill in a, a, a few details for folks who don't know. Uh, Los yeah. Angeles is moving next year, incredibly enough, to a 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting system in Los Angeles, the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, larger than I believe 42 states. Uh, And we will be voting completely unverifiably instead of on hand-marked paper ballots, uh, incredibly enough. And ain't nobody doing much about it uh, other than me yelling and screaming and and Margot, who uh, thank you for being so concerned. You must have everybody unite and do it and get really activated. That's what I'm saying. We must demand that we get hand-marked paper ballots. Everybody can do that in different ways. And if we all just do it Consistently, we might be able to make a dis. Well, get them to discuss it, get them to bring them, you know all the information out, and just say no to them. They send out these things about it, and we must send them back saying no, 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 no. Yeah, what what do you recommend, uh, uh, Marco? When I have uh, this uh, email from Janice Hahn, L.A. County Supervisor, the Fourth District, she uh, put put out a note. I think it was just over the weekend. Voting is getting a quote upgrade in L.A. County. Uh, she she's there with the L.A. County Supervisor, Dean Logan, who will not come on this program, who will not answer our questions. He used to. He used to do all of the above. He won't anymore now that they're pushing this new system in place. Uh, she writes, the devices are clear. They're easy to use. It'll make it easier for people with disabilities to vote. She calls this an upgrade and says, we will still be using paper ballots, and this device does not count them. Well, what she doesn't tell you is that these are computer-marked paper ballots, not hand-marked paper ballots. And that's the scam that they're trying to fool Los Angeles with. And Janice Hahn, uh, Democratic uh, L.A. County, longtime L.A. County uh, supervisor, pushing this crap. I would also add Common Cause of California is doing the same thing, saying that this new system, it's called Voting Solutions for All People, VSAP. VSAP is a new and improved voter experience. Nope. 
I wrote, I wrote him back a letter personally on their email and said, stop it, stop it, stop it. And you must do that personally. We must say no. We must demand that we have trademark paper ballots for everyone. And if we stand up and all, some people can move other ways. I know there's different ways to get groups and things together. I'm mm-hmm. just being like the cheerleader. I'm like being the instigator. Like you get active and say no, and we can unite Good. and do it. We need yeah. you. We need you to be that cheerleader. They're having a mock election that they're making uh, much hay out of uh, to oh, test out these yeah. new systems. September 28 and 29. Uh, If anybody wants to go down there and see how they work, well, good luck. You can't see how they work because they uh, will end up voting your uh, uh, counting your votes in secret. And there's a feature on here that allows them allows the computer to change your votes even after you have approved the printout. It's insane. So uh, pay attention. Yeah, action could be happening there. Everybody comes in and shows how easy it is to hack them or something, and then just brings in their paper ballots. You know, I can do a lot of ideas where other people can carry them out too and just do it everywhere you go everybody yeah where where i mean i wish there was a group organizing all of this i can't uh but uh no, you can't but you can <laughs> enc- i'm in as a citizen listening and a voter listening i'm yeah. telling other people to get out there and do it brad gave us the information now we have to transmit it and everybody has all different ideas and the more the better okay yep. just everybody join together in different ways and get yep. out get them out tell them to stop it or it, we'll vote them out of office it would be good uh, and it will be good if we do it before it is too late, as I fear. Oh, Margo. Thank you so much for letting me speak. And um, we can ask them how much they get paid from the voting machine system. They don't like that, but you can bring it up. Well, you can ask them. And I don't think that's why they're doing it. I don't think they're uh, on the take. I oh, think okay. they actually think that uh, it's okay. I, I think, well, actually, in cases like Janice Hahn, I don't think she understands. I don't think she's read any studies that show that these are 100% unverifiable oh, systems. Maybe you could have her on your program or send me some information. Uh, I refer everybody to your one special. Yeah, one on I'll ask her. Every day. Uh, I, I everybody to that. Yeah, I, know, I, to you've got you've got folks like Dean Logan, the uh, L.A. County clerk, telling her these are paper ballots. These are one. These are verifiable paper ballots. They yeah. are not. They are paper, uh, but they are not verifiable. And I would defy uh, Dean Logan or Janice Hahn or anyone else to prove even one single vote okay. cast on one of these systems after an election actually reflects the intent of the voter. They can't do All it. Right. It's impossible. Let's Thanks go for it, everybody. Thank you so much for your form. Bye bye. Th- thank you, Marco. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five is our phone number. Let me go to Roger in Minneapolis. Hey, Roger. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad and Desi. Um, I'll I'll keep this compact. I want to tick off. Thank you. First of all, please open the complaint department for five seconds. Okay. I do not want to hear about Sarah Palin and (laughs) Todd Palin. Thank you. Okay, Um, you're welcome. Next issue, and oh, incidentally, um, your grammar today is impeccable. Oh, yes. Now, to move right along, um, the... Uh, madness, twirling, just, you can't write this stuff, what we're we're getting from the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Um, This business about this weather uh, story, and and now the Taliban thing, I mean, it just goes on and on. It it appears to be highly programmatic. Um, uh, We we can't survive much more of this. And here's the klaxon I want to sound. Yeah. Um, the Democratic National Committee is giving us these milk pudding uh, um, uh, approaches to uh, who's going to be an acceptable candidate, some kind of middle of the rotor type. 
Matt Taibbi is sounding the alarm bell loud and clear about this matter. We need a real game changer. Repeat after me, Brad. Sanders Warren. Warren Sanders. The Democratic National Committee needs to wake up. Well, let me say, uh, let me res- let me respond to that uh, if you don't mind, Roger. Uh, first off, um, and, and Matt Taibbi was on the broadcast a week a week and a half or so ago with uh, uh, Nicole Sandler as she was guest hosting, talking to him about this. Um, Warren and Sanders, great. They're they're very progressive. I think that they're sort of splitting the vote right now. It might help if one of them, take your pick, was not in the race, but we'll see what the voters have to say. But how is the national uh, Republican? Uh, I'm sorry, the National Democratic uh, Committee. Um, what's your complaint with them? How are they, as you seem to describe it, uh, pushing Joe Biden as you see it? Well, it's it's more a matter of they're pushing what they deem to be middle-of-the-road candidates sort of down the line uh, with an idea of appealing to some mythical um, uh, sort of... Uh, uh, Democratic-leaning Trump voter and trying to pick up um, people who, as far as I can tell, probably don't exist. Well, um, yeah. but but no, I, I, I agree that it's going to be difficult to win that back those Democratic voters. But I'm wondering how the how you see, uh, because uh, Taibbi was complaining about this, Nicole was complaining about it while she was guest hosting the broadcast, how the uh, DNC is pushing that. I don't necessarily see them doing that, at least not in the presidential race. I think it's been a, a quite an open forum, has it not? I, I don't disagree with that, basically, um, but I, I think that Taibbi lays out quite neatly what the dynamics are on a number of other races, and yeah. I think that that general um, predisposition on the part of the DNC needs to be smashed flat. Um, I, I, yeah. I can't detail what Matt does. Um, in in an efficient amount of time right now. Um, I I think that people need to uh, attend to what the message is that he's promulgating. Final point. Yeah. I want you to know how I feel when I go into a voting booth and I mark a piece of paper with my preferences for my vote. Do you know how I feel? How do you feel? I feel like I'm voting. (laughs) <laughs> as opposed to feel like you're going to an ATM machine and hoping for the best. Yeah, um, yeah. but Mike Malloy yeah. has um, encapsulated very well how he feels when he goes and votes in Georgia. How's he feel? He feels like he's just um, doing something in the wind. I won't say the word. Thank you for not saying that word, Roger. And uh, <laughs> you're you're right. That's what it is across Georgia. Uh, but it ain't just Georgia. It ain't just the Republicans. It's coming to Los Angeles. It's coming to Philadelphia in the key swing state of Pennsylvania. It's coming to the, Texas, which is a key swing state. Uh, you know, people need to start paying attention. That's one of the reasons why I was sort of pressing you on that DNC point. There's a lot of stuff to be concerned about. And if you want 
want to press the DNC for not doing enough to stop these 100% unverifiable voting systems from uh, proliferating across the nation, uh, that, yes, uh, press them on that. But as far as how they're running at least the, uh, you know, the, the presidential race, Joe Biden has every right to run, uh, as, as do as many of these other candidates. And I believe his numbers are going down while Warren and Sanders, et cetera, are going up. So I don't know. I, it's, it's easy to beat up on the DNC. I don't mind doing it. I just say pick what the hell we're beating up on them for and make sure we get that right. Yeah. Thanks for that optimism, but we still got a 17 alarm fire going. I hear you, brother. Thanks, Roger. Keep uh, <laughs> we'll we'll keep working on every aspect of that fire. Good to hear from you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, yeah, all right, eight one eight. Excuse me, nine eight five five seven three five. Well, I couldn't. I haven't even been able to get to this litany of uh, reasons that Donald Trump should be impeached because of all of this other crap that Donald Trump is doing all over the world. But yes, I I will just note for the record right now that the Democratic-led U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee announced on Monday that it will consider steps this week to formalize its investigation to determine whether to impeach President Donald Trump and that they plan to hold a vote on articles of impeachment by year's end. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me take a quick break. Come back. Got a lot of folks trying to get in. I'll try to get to as many as I can. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. <laughs> Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com taking your calls on all of the above. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to Vaughn in the Valley in San Fernando Valley. Hey, Vaughn, welcome to the Bradcast. Hello. Hello and thank you. I uh, I have a lot of questions, but I'll just try to keep it to one. Thank you. Uh, um, I, I, I did just hear you talk about the uh, inquiry is going to go ahead. Is that correct? The uh, well, there the, a vote on whether the inquiry oh, will go ahead. It, it yeah right. yeah. Okay, well, because I was just at a sit-in recently at Adam Schiff's office, mm-hmm. at his Burbank office, hoping that they would get going on that. Yep. Uh, meanwhile. I know you probably answered this a million times, but who do we contact about the uh, the voting machines and kind of not wanting to have that happen in 2020? It's, it's really hard because there is no organized effort. I'm not an organizer. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist. I've, tried to, I've been trying to tell people about this for years, right. but I think that I would recommend contacting your uh, L.A. County supervisor. 
um, whoever that may be. I'm not sure who it, who that is where you are. They will tell you that, no, this is a great system because it has a paper ballot system and it cannot be hacked. They are either wrong or misinformed or just out and out lying. So call your L.A. County supervisors. Feel free if you want to call the uh, L.A. County Registrar Recorder uh, county clerk, a man by the name of Dean Logan. Oh, that's uh, where Dean Logan is. I know you've been talking yes, about him. Yes, I've been talking about him instead of talking to him because he will no longer come on these shows since I point this out. By the way, these systems are not yet even certified. Uh, for use. We did away with our current Secretary of State, Alex Padilla, a Democrat, pushed a bill before he became Secretary of State to do away with all federal certification requirements for uh, voting systems in California and to give all power to the Secretary of State to certify any voting system that he or she wants without even uh, having a state certification, doing it as a pilot program. That's how these systems may be used this November without any certification at all. It is nuts. So, yes, please do contact your uh, L.A. County uh, uh, supervisor. And, boy, I hope somebody steps forward to organize a, you know, a campaign of some sort here because, you know, we've got California Common Cause doing the same thing, coming out supporting these systems instead of calling for hand-marked paper ballots. You have to use that word hand-marked. You can't just say paper ballots because that's how they'll scam you. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. Yep. I went up to the booth to talk about it, and yep. they came out at the very bottom that I walk away with a stamped uh, uh, ballot, paper mm-hmm. ballot that shows where I, what I voted for, and yep. it's only you know through your show about that. It's I guess it's or a barcode yep. that puts everything. That now we don't know what's in that barcode. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Okay. It, it's nuts. Right, you got it right. Thank you so much. Go raise hell out there, Vaughn. Appreciate your call. Take care. You bet. You. Uh, let me go to uh, Charles in Topanga. Hey, Charles, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, how you doing? Uh, I uh, just tuned in, so you may have already covered this, but Dean Logan, by the way, I believe is married to the vice president of ES&S, which is one of two Republican companies that manufacture voting machines. I don't know anything about Dean Logan being married to anybody involved with ES&S, and in any event, these machines are not being made by ES&S. But, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought I'd toss that one out there. All right. But, uh, and I'm tossing it right back. All right, go ahead, Charles. Snapchat are on, on the current state of our democracy and the debates you have. Yeah. Commentators who are hired by uh, a twenty million dollar, a uh, twenty billion dollar corporation, mm-hmm. and the commentators are making four million dollars a year apiece, and they're asking framing questions that uh, trap the candidates into fighting with each other, and uh, and keep keep uh, misconceptions about energy in, mm-hmm. in particular going yeah. in the common public. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very uh, sad situation. We really need to be aware of how much change is necessary and who reflects the capacity for that much change. And we had a conversation about this uh, at, at some length on, I think it was last Thursday's uh, Bradcast, which you can download for free at bradblog.com. Thanks to those who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to support what we do and to make those uh, downloads free for everybody. But we spoke with David Roberts of Vox, the great David Roberts, the day after the Climate Forum on CNN the night before and talked about a lot of those issues. So I'd, uh, if, you, if you missed that episode, I'd uh, recommend you stop by bradblog.com 
Bitcoin.com and download Thursday's show with David Roberts on exactly that. I appreciate that uh, thought, Uh, Charles. You're right. Keep raising hell, my friend. Let me go to uh, David in Riverside. There we are. Hey, David, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, hello, Brad. How are you? I'm hanging in. You? Uh, very good. Oh, good. Uh, uh, I had a couple comments to make. My first one is, uh, I just want to tell you that I could beat Donald Trump yeah. if all Democrats and progressives would support me. Mm-hmm. I could beat him. Yeah. So my point is this. If we, everybody, if if you, all you radio hosts, just go to the point of everyone support whoever we end up choosing as the nominee. If everyone supports him, I think for sure we will beat Donald Trump. And that's one point I want to make. All right. Well, let me let me let me ask you. You say if if all you radio hosts are you suggesting I've done anything other than uh, that I'm uh, ca- causing some sort of infighting here? No, no, no. Okay. No, I'm not saying you're doing it. Okay. Uh, here, that was that's my other point. My other point is, uh, I think there's too much time being spent on how horrible Donald Trump is. I think we already all know. All of us know how horrible of a president he is. I think we ought to spend more time focusing on beating him, which he. Everyone just get together and say everybody supports the nominee instead of so we don't have this problem. What happened with the last election, Bernie and uh, and Hillary, where some of Hillary supporters didn't want to vote for uh, Bernie and Bernie supporters didn't want to. And what happens? We ended up losing. I know we still won the majority vote, but I think if everybody if everybody concentrates on being focused on the nominee and everybody vote for him, get your pride out of the way and just vote for the nominee because we got to get that man out of there. Thanks, David. I appreciate that call very much. Uh, let me see if I can get in uh, two more quick ones here and you'll have to be quick, folks. I hope you don't mind. Uh, Joel in Los Angeles. Hey, Joel, welcome to the broadcast. Quickly, what's on your mind? Hey, Brad, just want to say thank you for trying to shed light on what is going on with Trump, what he's actually doing. Okay, crimes, and I didn't even get to them today, other than in uh, yeah. reference. But uh, doing my best, yes. Okay, so what my my comment is: Why is it that no one? I was listening to Tom Hartman the other day, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about Marianne Williamson as a legitimate contender or a legitimate choice. And she has values that align, I believe, with KPFK listeners the most. Do you believe that she is qualified to be president of the United States, Joel? She's as much as much qualified as anybody, especially more qualified than Donald Trump. We need that's a, a pretty low bar, Joel. I'm I got nothing against Marianne Williamson, but we have had someone who has no clue how to be uh, president of the United States, no clue about uh, politics and how politics works in office for two and a half years. And well, I don't think that's a, that's not a litmus test for Marianne. I, right. I believe we need to look at her as a intellectual and as a leader All right. and judge her based on that. Fair enough. Thank you, Joel. I appreciate that Thank call. You. Sorry, I couldn't give you more time because I need to give 15 seconds to our old friend Mo from Long Beach. Go, Mo! Hey, hey listen, uh, uh, Brad, you got to go ahead and fill out your application for the Secretary of State job. I'm taking me <laughs> Hebrews 
one class. I'm starting tonight. It's a three-hour class for, uh, till the end of Christmas. You can't get stuff for nothing. So go ahead and fill out your application. We'll help you with the fees. Secretary of State, you ain't got to uh, win, Brad. Uh, All you need is a platform. Save us, Brad. Save us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mo. I appreciate that call, and I appreciate all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Sorry I could not get to everyone, uh, but if you missed any portion of today's show, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to my board operator, D'Angelo Jones, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Drop me an email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com, and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad blog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.